everyone. Welcome to episode 22 of Beers in the Lot. On this episode, we're making our picks for the NHL division winners and our cup final picks. We're providing a very, very, very quick follow-up on the Isles contract situation and the new Matthew Barzell contract and how it fits into that. And we're also discussing men's and women's hockey on the lakes, the N-double at Lake Placid and the National League on the South Shore of Lake Tahoe. Welcome to episode 22. The suspense is killing me, Daniel. You told us earlier you got a a great beer to tell us about tonight. I want to hear what it is. So we're all Kendrick fans here, right? Absolutely. So Mm -hmm. my beer tonight is Bats Don't Kill My Vibe by the Barrel Brothers (laughs) Brewing Company. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Look at that. That's awesome. Oh, my God. (laughs) Looks like the the album cover. Oh, that's awesome. I, I saw it and I had to order it. So, yeah. what were you pouring <laughs> over there, Riggs? So, I was I went to the store today because I was running dangerously low in the beer fridge. So I got um, Sweetwater uh, does this uh, Dank Tank series, and it says you know a series of <laughs> rarely released randomness from the hombres of headiness. Um, it's a triple IPA. And it is called F twenty twenty. F twenty twenty. EFS has two uh, you know, two middle fingers up with tattooed <laughs> on the fingers EFF two zero two zero. It's awesome. Nice. <laughs> what do you have what do you have, Air Dog? I went pretty simple tonight. I've got a Stella Solstice Lager. Good. It's really light. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Tasty. Yeah, you need one of these. Uh, I have two of the Stella chalices. You need a couple of those. I need a chalice. Yeah. You need a chalice. Yeah. What are you drinking tonight, John? I have a repeat, a Red Shedman coconut porter, because I have a few left in the fridge, and I do like this porter. It's delightful. So good hearty winter porter. Right on. We got one more night, one more sleep until hockey. Yes. Hockey's back tomorrow. And the nice thing is we almost get not a straight bubble schedule, but we kind of do. We get the 530 puck drop, Penn's Flyers, the early game. Should be nice. So right when you yeah. finish your work day, start watching hockey. Yeah, there's like, what, like six games on tomorrow? Yep. Three on the national like NBC broadcast and then... I think there's a couple uh, Montreal, Toronto at like seven that, you know, mm-hmm. if you have the NHL TV, it's probably on there. I think Vancouver plays sometime late tomorrow night. and uh, Yeah, <laughs> which I'll be and, watching. <laughs> and uh, Colorado plays late tomorrow night, right? So, Yeah, I wish that Colorado yeah. game was earlier. Yeah, really. Yeah. Emily, Emily Kaplan tweeted out earlier today, tomorrow – and then it's 116 straight days of NHL action. Yes. So considering nice. we've been we've been robbed <laughs> of our of the start of our normal cycle, we can get a bunch of straight straight games. So that's always nice. So with 116 straight days of NHL hockey, which is long overdue, and I can 
fully say that everyone on this podcast and tons of people out there agree. It'll be really interesting to see what happens with the four NHL divisions and how they're doing the playoffs this year because only the top four seeds or teams in each division are going to make it. Canada obviously will have four teams in the playoff race because of that. And then you have the North, or North is the Canadian division, obviously. Then they're doing an East, a Central, and a West. So with that being said, who do you guys like for cup favorites? Or even playoff favorites to start? We can start playoffs and then we'll go from there. Well, I want the Penguins to make the playoffs. This could be the year they don't, honestly. This really could be. Just because it's going to be so competitive and the Pens are always like, you know, kind of on the edge, it seems like. If they don't get going fast, like John said before, if they don't get started up and rolling quick, they'll find themselves in points trouble really fast and they may not make it. So I want the Pens to make it. I want the Pens to win the cup, but I'm not sure. I think that East Division, we've said it before, it's Thunderdome over there. There's some badass teams in that division and there's going to be a good team that's that's on the outside looking in, guaranteed. So East Division... I think Caps are in. I think Bruins are in. I think Flyers are in. I think the Penguins are fighting for that number four spot. That's how way I see that particular division anyway. Okay. I, I think that the Lightning are obviously a good pick for the Central Division. Beyond that, it's kind of up in the air with some of those teams. The Stars are probably going to make, make that no problem. A few of those teams are kind of struggling, so they're not going to do too well. Over in the West... You've got some perennial favorites over there. The Knights are are looking great, of course, so they're probably going to be in Avalanche or a wagon, as has been said before. So they're uh, they're probably going to jump in there too. Who comes out of all these, though? I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a brawl, like like it always is, and like it always should be too. Canadian Division, Leafs. I mean, they're a sure bet. Canucks, Flames. They're all looking. Oilers. They're they're all looking good. So it's it's going to be fantastic to see all this play out. Daniel, what about you? Where where are your uh, picks kind of lie, give or take? So uh, the North Division, I like Toronto coming out of that on top. I think everybody uh, I, does. I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, they just have a good energy about them, and they're a young team. Uh, it seems like they're excited to play, and uh, I think that's who comes out of the North. Uh, East, I want to I want to pick Pittsburgh, but I always go, I, I always don't pick them just because I don't want to jinx them. <laughs> so I got I got Boston. I think Boston got I think they got quicker getting rid of Chara. Uh, well, definitely younger if you look at the averages of age, right? That dropped. Uh, but I, I think they got I think they got quicker, and I think they're just going to be a little bit better this year than they were last. Central. I got Tampa coming out of that, obviously. I mean, they didn't lose much um, in the offseason. Uh, I think they got, they had a great team there. And West, I hope for Colorado. I know there's a few good teams coming out of the, the West division, but I, th- I think Colorado is going to make it. And uh, my pick for the Cup, what I want to see is Toronto and Colorado. I think that would be a great Cup. That would be sick. Riggs, what about you? Who who are your kind of cup f- picks at the moment or division picks? So uh, I think we're all on Toronto, right? Uh, yes. Out of the north, I th- yeah. I think that's a um, foregone conclusion. But I, I would I would want to mention that I th- I think they're going to have a tough time with Calgary. I think the Flames 
towards the end of last season and then, you know, going into return to play and now this season, like they're they're on that upward trajectory and and they're probably like that next team as long as they keep as long as they're young guys, like Kachuk leads the way, right? And they keep moving in the right direction as an organization. I, I I I do like the Flames a lot, but it's it's clearly like this is this is a pivotal year for Toronto. I like what Danny said. They have a lot of positive energy. Like we were talking about earlier today about how they play music during their practices and stuff. And I, I think that's awesome. Like they, they kind of let the guys have fun while they're doing their work. And I, I think that's, that's, that's cool, especially like for the modern player. Uh, I think that that Canadian division, like everybody's going to look at the Toronto Edmonton matchup, like through the regular season because it's McDavid and Matthews and that's going to sell people's attention but it's really Toronto's division. Out of the West, Colorado all the way. It's not even close. Yeah, the Knights are still good. I think the Blues bounce back. I think the Coyotes make a playoff appearance because the, I think they're on the, the start of that upward trajectory for their, their organization, even though uh, the market out there sucks. But they don't have fans anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) uh, Ducks and Kings though even though I don't think they're going to do anything they have a lot of really talented young players a lot of the players that we were following in the World Juniors that I think will be interesting to watch you know how how does Zegras adjust to the pro game how does Kaliev adjust to the pro game and that kind of stuff Uh, in the central I think you're going to see a rematch of Dallas and Tampa, and I think Dallas actually edges them out this time. And that's really all I have to say about that. Both <laughs> of those teams are basically the same, <laughs> um, <laughs> personnel-wise. The East is Thunderdome. It is the battle royale of the shortened COVID NHL season. But... The class of the Eastern Conference is still the class of the Eastern Conference. It's still Philly, Washington, Boston, and Pittsburgh. I think that Washington and Pittsburgh, it's kind of like their last hurrah in their respective windows of contention. I think maybe Washington gets out of that division, but that's pretty much all they're going to be able to do. I think that. Like Danny said, I think we're in for a Toronto, Colorado Stanley Cup, and I think Big Mac, thick boy hockey, oh yes, uh, raises that cup. So you're so, so you're calling my... a cup winner. Yeah, I'm I'm going Ooh, all I'll Harry, go all the Harry way with shot. Uh-huh. Harry go, the yeah. shot. Hey, shoot or shoot, shoot or shoot. That's right. <laughs> I believe it. So, I. I agree everything with the East, and I think that's kind of everyone's really saying it. Those four teams, Boston, Philly, Pittsburgh, Washington, they're overall the best composed teams in general. I don't see much from the Devils. Rangers, I still think they're a hair off. I I like a lot of their pieces, but I don't think they're there yet. The Islanders, we'll get into that later. We don't have to touch on it now. (laughs) We have our own opinion. Sabres, (laughs) I want to see them do well. 
but I just don't see it because there's still too many pieces off on the defensive side and the goaltending side. I do think they're going to put up a ton of goals this year with Taylor Hall, maybe Jeff Skinner from the fourth line making a billion dollars this year, hole chipping some goals. <laughs> um, Jack, but I think Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel at this point, they sh- we should just mark them down for you know a 56 game season, 60 plus points at least because they sure. they're going to hit those numbers. The only thing about the East Division, Washington, Boston, and Pittsburgh, as much as we love those teams, Boston not so much, but obviously Pittsburgh and Washington, unlike Philly, they're all old. So Philly has a very young core. Yeah, they have Giroux and Voracek, but the majority of their pieces surrounding those guys are either in the middle of their careers, they haven't hit 100% of their prime, or they're still young, like Provorov. Nolan Patrick's back, and he could occupy that second center slot which does kind of scare me because philly is not at a second line center for a while so if they actually start figuring that part out and you know they have a lot of good young d carter hart's probably going to play really well brian elliott's a good serviceable backup too in the north division i do think toronto's probably going to win that division not with ease but they will i like montreal only because i think claude julian will coach that team in a good way they're young enough where they could steal some steal some games. The only thing is goal scoring with that team. Will they be able to score enough goals? And what carry price are we going to get? Are we going to get kind of the playoff carry price? Or are we going to get kind of the worn down carry price where he looks good the first couple of games, but then over time all those shots accumulate? They do have Jake Allen there who is a good backup. I Winnipeg, I guarantee they're in the, the mix. They probably will advance. Calgary... Absolutely. Edmonton, of course. I'm not as high on the Canucks because they lost Markstrom. He did a lot for them last year, and he's in Calgary this year. So that'll be interesting to see him and Tanev go back to Vancouver a few times, eight times this year. That'll be interesting. Central Division, we can write off essentially Florida, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chicago, unfortunately. Nashville's almost in that zone. You know, they're right there. Tampa, Dallas, Columbus, to some extent, they'll obviously make it. And then in the West, it, the West outside of St. Louis, Vegas, and the Avs, it's almost a, a jump ball for that last spot. There's a lot of teams that could surprise you. San Jose may have a decent year. The Oats, like Rigsby was saying, Minnesota could, depending on what happens. We'll see. Anaheim or LA, I don't think they got what it takes at the moment. But you never know. It's a 56-game season. You start stealing games left and right. Cup picks for me, I want to see Vegas. My heart tells me Colorado. So I think it'll be the conference final, probably, or depending on the seeding, one of those two teams in the cup. And I do think it'll be, I don't want to say Philly, but a lot is leaning towards Philly. But also it can shock me if it's Toronto. They have the goaltending. They have the defense. And they're deep. One of those teams is going to get a slot in the semis. And I do think... The Canadian teams. The Canadian yeah. team. Yeah. I do think... I want to say Edmonton too, but they don't have goaltending and their defense isn't as deep. Freddie Anderson's going to win a ton of games this year against that division. But also the Jets, if they stay healthy and they get the goal scoring they need, they have Connor Hellebuck, who's a damn good goalie too. Yeah. I, so, I, had, a, I had a big question mark next to the Jets because I... I had them kind of out of that top four there, but they could easily 
be in, right? Well, and I remember we talked about it a while ago. If the Jets don't get hurt in that first round series last year, they had Line A got hurt, Shifley got hurt, Brian Little was out, who was also a key cog at that point. He retired, unfortunately. But, you know, they had so many injuries. And then also their defense the whole year was decimated with Bufflin not playing and retiring and all the other nonsense. Yeah, but yeah. that's a team. They Paul Maurice is a good coach. They know what they're doing. The trade situation around this year will be really interesting to see because I doubt any Canadian team makes a move with any American team. Just with the COVID restrictions and the quarantine, it's just not worth it. It's not really worth it. And then also, too, the other thing, you you may see some trades in the division. You really you really may. I mean, just in terms of proximity and you're, you're close and you know the COVID restrictions pretty much around you, that'll be interesting to see, too. I, I think that's going to be it. We'll see what happens when the puck drops tomorrow. And especially Caps, Flyers, Pens, they all play each other in the first, like, eight games pretty much. Yeah. So if you... I know Pittsburgh schedules off the hand. They're going two against Philly. Then they come back and they play two against Washington. So you you don't start Get the that, hate going. Yeah, you don't you don't yeah. start yeah. that stretch very well. You're you're going to be that, in a world of dude, hurt. That East Division is going to be a bloodbath. It's just like there's all like there's already rivalries inside of that division, and then you're gonna like you said like they're. They, I think Washington goes to Buffalo for the first two games. Then they go to Pittsburgh for the next yep. two games. Then they have Buffalo come in town. And then I think they play the next two games against Pittsburgh after that at home. Wow. Or some, <laughs> yeah. some craziness yeah. like that. Like these guys are just going to be at each other from like the first two weeks on. It's, it's mm-hmm. going to be awesome. But I know the <laughs> I know the penguins the penguins especially like they don't start Octobers very well. I think like one year in October, like in somewhat recent history, they were like two, six, and one. And then granted they turn around in November, December when they got their legs, but you start two, six, and one in a fifty-six game season. Yeah. And especially but, since all the teams you're playing get those points. But think about those seasons too, those those sort of normal starts in October or whatever. You know, the you're not playing you're not playing the same team like four times in seven days. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. So you you know, you might so they'll fly into Washington, they'll play a game, and it might be like the national game on NBC or or whatever. And there's a lot of hype and hoopla around it and a little bit of emotion. And then they fly to, you know, Carolina or something like that, where the 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 rivalry really isn't there and the emotions really aren't there so they're just kind of in their routine with this schedule maybe even though like washington tends to start slow sometimes too like since they're starting the year and they're playing each other like four times in like seven days i think it makes up for any of that slow start stuff like i think that that maybe teams that start slow, like a Pittsburgh or whoever, maybe it helps them get into the fight, get into the competition faster because they're playing a playoff schedule, essentially. So that's what I think. Okay, so John, last week we spent a lot of time talking about the New York Islanders and their cap situation, and why Lou Lamarillo needs to fix that. 
why they need to or how they were going to sign Matthew Barzell. And then they signed Matthew Barzell. So I think we need to follow up on that. And since you're kind of like the resident, I don't know, NHL nerd, nerd <laughs> that <laughs> understands the ins and outs of. I was going to say Rain Man. I mean, you, you might as well be a player <laughs> agent at this point, but. <laughs> <laughs> So, so so can you quickly i wish (laughs) follow up on how did they make that deal work and explain how they're going to move forward into the season which starts tomorrow okay so i'll do this as high level as humanly possible because to dig down into some of the no digging nonsense no digging Yeah, it'll be like eight hours. It'll be worse than a Joe Rogan podcast. I like Joe Rogan's podcast, but Explain sometimes it so just I can too understand just it. Too please. damn long. They're just too damn long sometimes. <laughs> All right. So flat cap this year, $81.5 million. As of last week when we spoke, Matthew Barzell was still without a contract. He did report to training camp, did his team physicals, probably his media photos, all that jazz, and was unable to step on the ice because he didn't have a current contract. A lot of that, I'm sure, had to do with the COVID world we now live in and what's going on with the New York Islanders cap situation. So $81.5 million flat cap, that is the max you can do. Your salary in terms of your cap space is calculated by your AAV, your average annual value of your contract. So someone could technically make $50 million a year on a $10 million deal and they only get paid twice on a signing bonus and their actual salary could be three hundred I'm exaggerating a little bit. But obviously, $50 million, 10 years, it's a $5 million AAV contract. Okay, Very simple, cut and dry. That's how it's calculated into your cap space. Now, Matthew Barzell signed for $7 million. Okay, That's his AAV. Three-year deal. Going into that, it's $4 million this year, $7 million next year, and then $10 million the last year of his deal. Now, keep in mind, his actual paycheck per year doesn't matter in terms of AAV or the cap hit. However, so the Islanders were not cap compliant because it's this abbreviated schedule. Every team has to be cap compliant by noon tomorrow, the opening day for the 2021 NHL season. It's the way it is this year. A lot of teams are scrambling. That's why you see so many waiver moves. Johnny Boychuk is on long-term injury reserve. So he has a $6 million AAV cap hit for two years this season and then next season. So because he's $6 million is they do it in a formula that is too complicated to get into, but I'm just going to say it's about $3 million or I think actually at the moment it's calculated as like 6 million. However you want to do it goes back onto the cap technically. And I'm using air quotes because it shows they're over. So because Matthew Barzell makes $7 million, his contract is seven. They're paying him four this year. The other three is there and that's how you become cap compliant. The other thing, the rain or the Islander, I keep mixing that up. Someone's going to screw me for that, I'm sure. Uh, the Islanders also put Uncle Leo, uh, Leo Karmaroff, on waivers <laughs> with the hope of putting him either on the AHL or the taxi squad. Two things about that if he's on the taxi squad, his $3 million cap, it does not count against the current cap. If he's in the AHL, he also doesn't have to pay escrow, which is another thing. So he'll actually get more money in his pocket. Andrew Ladd was also put on waivers too with 5.5 million in AAV. He was. So he has to clear. It's 24 hours on waiver without a team claiming you. And then once he clears, they can either assign him to 
the taxi squad or AHL full time. And the way the taxi squad is working this year, and I apologize if this is very dry. Um, the taxi squad this year, it's four to six players that are not counted on your salary cap roster. They are essentially similar to the NFL where it's a practice squad. Those guys will travel with the team. They will skate with the team, do the team meetings, team lunches, all that jazz. They get the NHL per diem while they're there, but their cap hit when they move back and forth from the starting lineup does not count. So there will be a lot of players, I guarantee, this year. They'll have a game, let's say, on Wednesday, then they don't play it all Friday. So on Thursday, it'll randomly show that this player is now on the taxi squad. And then Friday morning will come. They're moving it back. It's just for cap ramification purposes. It's just a paper move. There's nothing really against it. But yeah, so Lou had two really bad contracts he signed, Leo Karmaroff and Andrew Ladd, both old players, unfortunately. Good players, but they're old. And... That essentially was Matthew Barzell's money. So they were saved by long-term injury reserve on this one. That clears things up. And that's the story of that. <laughs> should I should I go into <laughs> F, should I go into escrow very quick? Should I clarify that? I know nah, I absolutely some not. No. Okay. I had some <laughs> questions about that. Not. We'll go into it. <laughs> yeah, I kind of glazed over. The bottom line is uh they're compliant. Barzell's signed. I think Cap Friendly tomorrow is going to say they have a little bit of room, like a couple million. Yeah, especially with that lad deal, right? So they're probably yeah. they're probably looking at another move or two. It wouldn't surprise me, right? Uh, yeah, it, and it could be that they're trying to grab a couple guys on the cheap to maybe get them through the season so that they can be both cap compliant and have enough guys on the roster to account for right. injuries and that sort of stuff. Right. And also, too, Corey Perry was on waivers in Montreal. He's a starter, obviously. You would want him in your lineup. He's on the taxi squad. But I think that's more just to kind of save a little bit of cap space and then also have him back and forth from the taxi squad. He is a veteran, so will he play all the games? Unsure. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But that could be another paper move, like we were saying. I think we should talk about a couple of lakes. There's two lakes I want to bring up. Oh, yes, that's a good idea. I want to bring up Lake Placid, where the NWHL is going to be playing the Isabel Cup. Uh, it's Isabel. Is no, it? it's no, Isabel. It's Isabel. It's, it's, it's a woman's name. We looked name. it up, John. Isabel. Fucked, all right, John. here's your history lesson. Is History lesson right here. Isabel was the name of Lord Stanley's daughter. Who was... Who... Lord Stanley was the governor general of Canada. He's the one that commissioned and donated the Stanley cup as the challenge cup for hockey in Canada slash North America. His daughter, Isabel is one of the first women hockey players in Canada, probably North America. Cause at that time, like, who was playing hockey. So it's named the Isabel cup. I've, I've heard it on like TSN. It's always Isabel. So yeah, is that a Canadian, Canadian thing? No, because okay, they also no, spell favorite. Like they also spell favorite. Favor, with right. And cooler. 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 <laughs> and, and we lose all the Canadian listeners. No, 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 no. We've already lost the Canadian <laughs> listeners. Lost Not them. only do they spell these words re- weird, they also lose at the World Junior Championships. Oh. Um, we also have listeners in the we also have listeners in the UK, just saying. 
<laughs> okay, so maybe the word spellings are all right, but you know the losing in the WGC. But the losing in the World Junior <laughs> Championships, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yes, Lake Placid, Isabel, Isabel. I'm gonna say Isabel. It's you it's can her name just do Isab- the Isabel, Isabel Cup. Just do Isabel. <laughs> so that's happening, and then there's it's another great. lake. Yeah, that's that's exciting. It's gonna be a TV. Gotta get to watch some games. Here's my pick. I'm picking the Buttes. Let's go Buttes. Fort Butte. But uh, then we also got uh, Lake Tahoe. They're going to play some games out at Lake Tahoe. That's going to be awesome. I see the Kings and the Avalanche and then the Flyers and the Bruins. That's that's exciting. Outdoor games on a lake. That's that's going to be great. Yeah, it should be sick. They're going to the play only- like on the south shore of the lake. You know, you're gonna have the mountains in the in the background with the snow and the lake in the background, you know, by the by the rink and everything. It should it should be beautiful visuals on TV for one. Uh, and then you know they're gonna continue the tradition of of the outdoor games. Uh, should be awesome, right? Oh yeah. The only John's thing gonna, that John's gonna poo poo now. <laughs> no, I, I like the fact they're doing an outdoor game because I'm hoping it snows and you get a great visual, you know, with the mountains and the lake in the background and whatnot. But they couldn't have. I, I like the fact the abs are in it. That's a good marketable team. You got really good young talent. McKinnon, Ranton, Atlanta, Scott, Kale McCarr. You couldn't get like some younger teams. I mean, I understand Philly. We can market them. They have young players that are, you know, up and coming. But Boston. They couldn't have chucked a few more, you know, ideas in there to get young. I, I think especially this year, the NHL should make their goal clearly with the helmet advertising and the way they're doing everything. It's to print as much cash as humanly possible. So I I don't mind Philly because they, you know, they're a very marketable team. They're a big market team. Boston is as well, but I'm I just think you could have got someone else in there. Well, if you're I don't printing know cash, if you're printing cash, wouldn't you pick Pittsburgh and Washington? That's like yeah, a point rivalry. Of, it's kind of been done. I don't know. I don't want to yeah, say it's been so, done to death, but, right? But if it's but about Philly, cash, Philly and right? Boston has too. Philly and Boston this should right, be right? Philly and the Leafs, but they're not a rivalry. The problem is that you can't do see, it with the COVID restrictions right. too. So that has to come into. Well, play. yeah, I understand that's so, part of it. I get it. Because if, if you ask me, it this is this is a great opportunity to see the Leafs play. But yeah, it, it was you know, gonna. So I think it goes. <laughs> I think it goes back to how big the. It, it goes back to how big those team markets are. So, Boston and Philly, large markets. Uh, you know, you could have gone with the Rangers, but you also want an exciting game. Right. Would it, would it have, would it have worked? Sorry, like, Rangers. I, right. I don't, I don't think they're there yet. Well, they're yeah. wild card, right? So, so, like- so Philly and Boston clearly are going to be competing for something in that division. So mm-hmm. yeah, like that makes sense. Although it sucks because in all the outdoor game, like in all the winter classics, right? It's always Chicago and somebody. Uh, it's been Pittsburgh and somebody it's been Washington and somebody it's been, well, actually it's like Chicago, Washington, and Pittsburgh. 
Boston's uh, been in a, Boston, Bo- Boston's been at least one, right? Boston's been in one yeah. or two, yeah. maybe. Like yeah. it's it's always the same teams in these outdoor games, which is what everybody's gonna point at, right? So now it's Boston and Philly again. Colorado had that thing with LA a couple seasons ago. At the Air right? Force Academy, which is right? pretty cool. Which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh and I hundred percent agree, like Colorado should be in it. Yeah. Because I love and I agree McKinnon. with Vegas too. Like the two teams are they're close to Lake Tahoe for one. So yeah, and I, that. right. And I right the proximity, especially on the West Coast. You know, Vegas, Colorado. Yeah, that makes sense in Lake Tahoe. That was probably the natural matchup for the West at, in Lake Tahoe. But who cares? Nobody's attending the game. Right. But see, I think that's where the NHL is going to sell it because it's on Lake Tahoe and that great visual. Mm. You could sell it, you know, you could yeah, sell watch it on TV your aspect. TV. Yeah. 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 You could sell it on the TV aspect versus a game where, I mean, I went to the one at Nats Park when they played Chicago. That was great. When I watch it on TV, I, I mean, I always watch the Winter Classics because I'm a hockey fan, but yeah. to attract that casual hockey fan, that, it's almost the next step for the winter classic. You need stunning visuals. You need something that's very, very appealing and not everyday cookie cutter. So, so there were need- rumors, there were rumors originally that they were going to go to Lake Louise up in Alberta, uh, which I don't know if you've ever seen pictures up there. Like that's on my bucket list to go up there. It's at gorgeous. Some point. Yeah. I was like, just going to say that. Right. Like I was, I was going to say so, they, if they really wanted to sell it, they would do one in in Canada as well on yeah. an actual lake. Yeah, and that and that was Actually, there were that would be amazing. That, there were rumors, you know, towards the end of last calendar year that they were going to go to Lake Louise and try to do something up there. But I think maybe like again with the COVID restrictions and the quarantining and everything that's required to go over the border, maybe it just wasn't going to work out. So then they picked the next best thing, which was like, let's let's find a lake out west. Oh, Lake Tahoe, stunning visuals, you know, mountains, well, snow. Yeah. Name a lake the out whole west. Thing. Right. I, I know. Exactly. <laughs> There's well, two. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Salt Lake. lake no yeah. hockey there. <laughs> yeah. Tahoe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, and. Well, and you know, like it's going to be a winter landscape mm-hmm. right. in Lake Tahoe at that time of year. So, yeah, man, I, I'm on board. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's I think it will great. too. Two games too that we get to see out there. That'll be sweet. In the same, I think it's uh, the same weekend, right? So, so that they, that was the only thing that's kind of weird because normally they do like a they do team practice like the day before and then they do like a family and friends get together and then yeah. next team comes on. So I'm curious how that side will work because the way the games are staggered and then, you know, are the teams going to be able to do the family and friends thing? Cause that's really kind of what's it about this year. Obviously it's, it's different because it's going to, you know, depending on how the travel arrangements are going to yeah, be. I was going to say we got COVID. Happens. You got COVID stuff. So Correct. We got yeah, the COVID. <laughs> so we'll we'll kind of see but good visuals for the NHL and I hope they kind of use this as a blueprint like I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset if they go back to Lake Tahoe multiple times just because the visuals yeah. seem 
at least from what we got from some of the renderings and the hopeful idea of it, it's going to look, like I said, the best that we've ever seen thus far. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah, I think yeah. it's going to be yeah, awesome. Exactly. exactly. All right, guys, that's our show for tonight. Thank you for listening. Remember, tell your friends, tell your teammates, and also make sure to join our Discord channel. Go to beersandalot.com slash Discord, and see you next week. Thank you.